everyone and welcome back to a new episode of Shelf Impactors. Again, I have a different co-host, Alex, who we did the booze podcast on last year in America. Um, the strategic VC at SGK is back in the studio. Welcome back, Alex. Thanks. Glad to be back. How have you been? What have you been doing? Tell us what exciting things you've been up to. Oh, it's been a crazy start to the new year. Um, you know, I think as we all continue to try to emerge full time from the pandemic, um, we keep finding new opportunities for ourselves. I think, you know, the, the client work is picking up. Um, this whole meta space that we're going to talk about today has been hot at the center of the conversation, watching meta itself, right, formerly known as Facebook, kind of go through its rise and fall and possible rise again in terms of what's going on. It's been an interesting start to the year. How about you, Lisa? Yeah, definitely. It's been absolutely all of a sudden the last two weeks have ramped up big time. So I think like it was a little bit of a sleepy start in Australia. And I don't know about you guys, but we're only just starting back in the studio next week after the lockdown let in, lockdown let in. So we're just starting back again next week. Um, but obviously you and I work together anyway, so we know how busy it's getting. Um, and excited everyone to talk about the metaverse today, which everyone is like hot topic. If you'll have seen on the news this morning, depending on when you're listening to this and when I actually finally edit it, um, Coca-Cola has entered the space as well so we might actually touch into that if you've seen the news so far and um, so let's do a little bit of an intro metaverse big word sounds a little bit showbiz everyone's hopping on board at the moment we're going to talk a little bit about the online world and how that fuses into our real world so should we do a definition first what is metaverse do you have one ready <laughs> i think so you know i think the the metaverse is really uh, the, the virtual space, right? So um, more immersive virtual experience, landing zones, um, spaces that are, that are more than digital first, they're virtual first, right? So there are places where we can do things like gather, uh, where we can buy products, where we can create environments that are fully virtual. Um, you know, we've, we've, we've joked around about this in the past, but it, it does feel a bit 8-bit, um, Sometimes, right, in terms of when you say fully virtual, um, I'm a little bit of a, you know, of a, of a gamer nerd back, back in my day. And I remember feeling like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to put on these like virtual reality goggles in the future and it's all going to be so amazing. Um, and so I think, you know, folks are, are really pushing to try to get us there. Um, and I but think I also... Go ahead. Go on. I think it's a really exciting space in that. So previously, look, this was a concept that was introduced years ago about this online world that echoes our own world. And I think the difference then is, and there was a great quote that I saw from the founder of Streamline Media that said the metaverse is where your personal, your physical persona and your digital persona meet. So previously, mm -hmm. the online world was this is a form of escape where this is kind of where you fuse the elements together and your real life can kind of kind of fuse and kind of blur together a little bit with an online world how far yeah, we are ahead in right. that is what we can debate <laughs> yeah and I think I mean it's it's interesting because uh, I'm really interested in having the conversation of can versus should for 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 brands for products for people for culture right um I think that I think that definition or that description is is uh, is accurate it's appropriate um the question is how fused is it really? Um, and I think that's I think that's yet to be determined. So where should we start? Should we talk about why it's important and why we're excited? Because it's kind of a bit of a fight in my head. So I'm all about real world experiences, but this is an mm -hmm. exciting space in in like it. 
we can create anything really in this space and where it moves in the future will be an interesting one to watch to be part of how we help brands and I think your your question is really important as to do you need to be entering the metaverse just because it exists and that's a bit like you know and then there's all the like we can go into the terms and stuff about oh well it allows us to decentralize a system but it's still built on the internet so if the internet goes down that's the system we're reliant on for it to to exist um yeah. so let's start with um why we're excited about it yeah I, I mean there's plenty of reasons to be excited i think you know first and foremost i think it's it's another avenue through which we can connect through which we can create experiences for each other um it, it it's a it's a space with less um physical demand, right? You don't have to worry about things like physics or structure in the metaverse, right? So you can create things that that can't exist in the real true physical space, which is really exciting. It's, uh, it's super exciting think- for creators. So I think creative people are probably more excited because we, in our heads, we don't need to have something tangible. We can just envisage it or we can create it or we're, we're good at not knowing what the outcome is and finding it. Whereas I think it's a harder concept for people to grasp. And definitely when I talk to people and you talk about the metaverse and they're not necessarily in our industry, they're like, I, I, I don't understand. And you have to kind of, you have to break it down a little bit to kind of go, well, it allows us to connect the pandemic meant we couldn't be together in person. So it, you can break it down into really smaller pieces, but it's just mm-hmm. been sold as this huge concept at the moment. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, you know, the Zuckerberg quotes of, you know, we'll all be meeting in the metaverse in the future, and this will be the, this will be the gathering place. You know, I, I want to debate that. Um, I don't know how easy it will be for us to divorce the five senses from ourselves in the virtual space, right? Like you can be, you and I can be sitting in a conference room in the metaverse, but if it's cold in my house and I want it warmer, you can't solve that problem for me, right? Uh, <laughs> I think even there's so, a realism of like meeting on Zoom and things like that. Even there's kind of, because I always think about that, we're going to talk a little bit more about what brands are playing in the space that you can choose what sneakers you want to put on to get into the metaverse and all, and all of this kind of this world you can create that is not you. A bit like Facebook, right? You can be who you want to be on Facebook. Now that becomes meta. You can be who you want to be in meta, but it takes a new dimension. Yeah, and I think in order to in order to really understand it, we have to also talk about the building blocks that made it possible or that are making it possible, right? So you've got, you've got um, decentralized finances via blockchain and, and cryptocurrency. Um, you've got the, the idea of NFTs, of artifacts that are created specifically for the virtual space, right? Um, and then you've got the, boy, the easiest way to describe it is like, the, the video game persona, the, the, the emoji, the bitmoji, um, the Minecraft culture, right? Like, you know, there are kids building worlds in Minecraft right now. The only thing keeping that from being the metaverse is a set of virtual reality goggles that puts them into the space in a more real way. Um, so there are lots of components that, that you can look at throughout the past decade to say, okay, we've been kind of building towards this, right? Um, and then you start to see brands like Coca-Cola, like Nike, developing artifacts and, and entering the metaverse um, from a commercial perspective, which I also find really fascinating. And do you think 
do you think there's because we talk about it being decentralized and that there's no kind of but at the minute the brands that are entering the space so i had a look at some of the big brands that are entering it and you've got things like gucci garden louis vuitton did the game so these are quite high-end brands and we start i know coca-cola was probably a bit more of a groundbreaking one this morning to go actually the mainstream brands are starting to to enter this world and develop this technology but do you think it's still mm-hmm. quite in trying not to be elitist is it still elitist? Because also as well, because there's quite a lot of misunderstanding around it. Even the whole NFT thing that's taking off, like trying to explain to someone that everyone says, oh, well, you can just create a picture. It's like the point is not the picture. It's the point that gets you to the picture. That is, it's the journey. It's the destination. So I think until you start to break down some of the terms and help people understand it, it still becomes quite elitist. Yeah. I mean, what the question is, what's the barrier to entry? Yes. Right. So there's an intellectual barrier to entry, understanding what it is and why I'm even there or why I would go there. Um, I do think that's a bit generational. I think, you know, digitally native generations will find that barrier lowered across than, than older generations. Um, I also think there is a somewhat of a financial barrier to entry. You have to have a level of equipment. It's not something you can walk out your door and experience for free. Do you think you already need to be recognized as a brand or an entity before you enter it? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I do think, I do think it is built for humans in a certain way. Um, but you have to have the means through which to cross that threshold. Right. Um, you know, not everyone's going to be out there shopping for $500 Nike NFTs, you know, or much less $10,000, you know, agape NFTs. Um, so I do think there's a barrier there. And that, that does have a bit of, a, of an art elite kind of vibe to it. Um, I do think the mission is much more, much more pedestrian than we're seeing today. Um, so I'm really curious as to how that goes. But, but the flip side of that coin is, is, again, the can versus should, right? Like, because we can spend our time in the metaverse doesn't necessarily mean we should or shouldn't, right? Just because we can clone a sheep doesn't mean we should or shouldn't. Um, and so I think there are some parallels for us to discover there. So there's, there's a lot of learning that still needs to happen. Um, I'm excited to dip some toes into that water and see what it's like. Um, I'm sure that, um, I'm sure that, uh, gen alpha generations are going to find this much more comfortable than a gen Xer like me. Um, but I do think there's a level of excitement around it. I, I just, you know, if you play this all the way to the end, I also don't really, um, dream about a ready player one generation, right. Where, where your physical environment doesn't really matter anymore for your virtual environment. I do think you know, we've got to kind of keep our heads on straight in a way. I agree. And I think whilst everyone says this isn't a movie, this is the fusion of the real world and an online world. I think there's a level of it where it does still lend you to being a form of escapism. I think it's at the end of the day, it's not the physical world. And I think there's a lot more advancements that need to come. And I'm excited to explore them with maybe even with some of the clients that we've got as to how we make those advancements to make it credible. There's still a level of credibility that we're still learning how to evolve into this space. And I, at no point do I see it yet completely taken over the real yeah. physical world. And there are brands that have been creating experiences that I'll call metaverse ready, right? 
you know, digitally native brands that have been living in the space for a while and brands that have been leaning into a, a more immersive digital space by way of the pandemic, right? Yeah. Um, you know, when Tell we did about, the, are there any particularly that you can kind of draw us to? Yeah, when we did the when we did the uh, the Nike Air Max store in the clouds, I mean that's a metaverse ready experience, right? So it's an actual retail location created for a virtual experience that merchandises like a store, but you experience it like a game, right? And so you know, fully built in three dimensions, fully rendered in three dimensions. You can navigate the space the way you would navigate an actual store. And so it replicates behaviors that we're comfortable with in a virtual setting, right? The, the, only, the only thing keeping the Nike you know, Air Max store in the clouds from the metaverse is the virtual reality engine that it's placed on, right? Yep. Um, and the actual ability to transact via decentralized commercial platform, right? So in today's world, you know, you would experience that store in the clouds via a computer screen and you would transact just the way you do in e-com. Um, and so that's, that's like not meta enough for a lot of people. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, but if you could transact via an account that's already loaded in when you are entering into the metaverse and it's 100% sort of blockchain and decentralized, um, then it's fully meta-ready. And how do you see people? I mean, maybe it's different over there, and you're probably embracing it a lot more. How do you? How much do you see people adopting and entering the metaverse? Not just a brand point of view, but you know, how many people are donning their Oculus glasses and getting into this world that we're kind of starting to tiptoe into? I have not seen a huge amount of adoption personally. Um, I see a lot of um, a lot of familiarity and and a greater level of comfort with virtual experiences via gaming. Yep. Uh, but it's in very limited sections. Like I'm going to put the Oculus on and I'm going to play this game or I'm going to have this experience. Yeah. And then I'm going to back out and go back to my real world, right? Yep. Um, so I have not yet really experienced a brand or a consumer set that has gone all the way in. Um, it's almost like, you know, these experiences, the, you know, the, the Pradas and the Gucci's are almost like, it's a game, except you buy stuff in the game, right? Yes. Like you get in for a minute, <laughs> you transact, and then yep. you get out, right? Yep. <laughs> like, um, as opposed to sort of spending your time there, spending your day there, committing your, your being for a longer period of time to the metaverse. Uh, I have not yet seen that take place. And I think that's where your point is. It becomes very much a generational or just an interesting. So to your point, like I think people who have been into gaming or into like the creation of other universes for a long time will have no issues stepping into this virtual world and then stepping back out. But I don't think to your point, like it's not where you just hang out all the time. The pandemic has accelerated those moments where we need to connect in different ways. The virtual experience is a different way to do it. How yeah. soon it can replace it. I think human connection will always and also privacy as well. Let's, you know, like some of the challenges in there, like how do you attack the privacy issues or security issues? I also think the idea of a, of a fully desystematized experience um, is a bit of a falsehood, right? Like we are reliant on some underlying foundation of a system through which to operate, whether it's real or virtual, right? So to your point, the entire thing is built on internet connectivity. So if, 
if the internet were to go down, so too does that meta experience in its totality. Uh, it's, there's, a, there's a fundamental humanity to that, right? Like the reason why we exist as a culture is because we have systems that allow us to thrive as a culture, Yeah. right? And so the idea of this being a fully desystematized experience is actually not true. The, the, the system is just a technology platform versus a democratic or a city-state platform that we've been living in for the past few millennia. Yep, there's some really great podcasts. Um, I think her name's Margaret Zhang that really breaks down the metaverse into those kind of bite-sized pieces to go, actually, you think it's this, but it's not there yet. And you think that it's going to be a decentralized system, but if the internet goes down, we're all screwed. So I think there's some interesting um, kind of developments to do there. Like what we think it is in our head probably isn't the reality. Yeah, and, and there's, there's something to be said about, I purchased this physical artifact and it's mine and I can put it wherever I want and therefore, therefore, I can control its safety and security, right? Like, I know where this is. I know where I put it. And I know when I go back, it's going to be there. Not so with digital artifacts. Digital artifacts can more easily be moved or changed or, or taken. Uh, you know, it's a lot easier to hack a system than it is to break into a house these days, right? Um, Depending where you live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think there's a lot, there, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of narratives that will end up being debunked between now and when the metaverse really does find its forever home in our culture. Um, so I'll be really curious to see how that plays, right? Like I can go buy a, a $400 pair of Nikes on StockX and pay two times what, it, what it's worth, but it's at the end going to be delivered to my house. Yes. And I will get to see the box and I will get to put those shoes on and put them wherever I want. And in the metaverse, it's, it's immediate gratification. I paid my $500 for that NFT. I have it in my, you know, in my system, I can put it on my character that represents me immediately. Um, but I'm not hundred percent convinced that the security and the personalization of that experience is hundred percent there yet. And also, you're not sure how you're going to, how it, like, it's not going to feel in the same way. So like you say, sliding your shoes into that new pair of Nikes in real life yeah. is different to kind of just virtually watching yourself do it or, you know, recreating yourself do it in a virtual world. It doesn't feel mm -hmm. the same. So it'd be interesting to see how we can move forward to kind of create emotions within that space, as well as, you know, just the act of consumerism. And, and what are, I mean, you know, emotion really is the byproduct of the, of those experiences, right? So what what will the difference in emotion be versus like how do you craft that because i don't know that you can replicate the emotion that you have when you're leveraging all five senses versus when you're in a space that kind of limits that yeah uh, right those 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 shoes have a smell you smell the leather you, you know like they feel a certain way when you stand up in them for the first time those aren't those aren't part of the experience in the metaverse right yeah and i think the interesting uh, thing for me is because we've all been locked down for two, nearly three years now, travel and how that evolves. Everyone says, but you will be able to travel without having to travel. I desperately miss travel and I'm looking forward to doing it again, but I'm not sure if an online experience could make you feel that you can, you know, for ages we've been able to have virtual experiences and explore new places online, but nothing makes you feel like 
what like looking out the Grand Canyon when you're stood looking out the Grand Canyon is an, an insane experience I don't know if you could recreate that online I'd love to be proven that you can and that someone can make me feel that way in a virtual world and experience but I'm not sure we're there yet so how we mm-hmm. recreate tra- I mean now we're all getting back on airplanes so it may not even be an issue but I'd love some yeah. of the things that we lost in the pandemic I think that's where I'm keen to see even the whole loneliness and isolation thing the real connectivity I think there's opportunities there I think we can also really have fun playing the what if game in the connected home and Internet of Things space, right? Like, so I know you love imagine, the connected home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I love it and hate it simultaneously. <laughs> but you could imagine a world where there is a there is a travel experience in the metaverse that mimics the temperature, the humidity. Can you imagine walking into your, after a busy day at work, walking in and saying, Alexa, take me to Egypt. And you walk in and that whole experience is there in front of you. And you, you know, like you can feel the sand under your feet. Like that's next level. That would be cool. Yeah. (laughs) There's a, yeah. I mean, there's, and, and there's a, there's a bit of a pathway to that, right? Like, you know, we've got connected thermostats that that control the heat and cool in our home. Um, You know, there are, technologies for wearables that make you feel certain things that have haptic response. Um, and so, you know, you can imagine a way to get there. Um, again, I don't know at what point that replaces the real thing or if it ever does. Yeah, I'm of the personal opinion that, that what makes the metaverse exciting is that it augments or recalls things that are real experiences rather than replacing them, right? Like, for me, I grew up in a, in a coastal community. I grew up near the ocean. There's nothing like when I've had a really rough day, putting my feet in the water, right? Like that is just a thing that you cannot replicate, right? Um, but if you could get home and, and sort of put yourself in a place that's reminiscent of that, right? Um, it's also teaching people the skills to step outside like you'll see people you see people sat outside and they've got their eyes closed and they're meditating and they're transporting themselves so if you teach people the skills to step outside of that maybe you can if the surroundings echoes the ocean feel or the soft breeze coming through your feet maybe once you learn to close your eyes if we teach people the tips to put your mind somewhere else then the two fuse together so kind of some of the ambient stuff comes with your own power to believe you're somewhere else and it does work mm-hmm Mm-hmm. yeah we're getting real philosophical here this is great <laughs> we're just like we're applying for a job at calm app clearly <laughs> maybe, the, like maybe the meditative state plus the metaverse really will <laughs> will get us where we need to be <laughs> you never know we can get us to football games then we're there <laughs> right um man yeah i mean it's it's a, it's an interesting space it's an interesting um development right like when you've got such heavy hitters moving into that space. I think one of the areas that I'm really excited about, and again, this, this touches a bit on the creator model, but seeing what, what organizations and people will be able to do in the metaverse that they cannot, fundamentally cannot do today. And the example that I saw that really lit this up for me was, um, was Zaha Hadid's office, uh, who's a crazy architect Zaha just passed a few years ago but her office is sort of carrying on the legacy um did a space designed for the metaverse and I'm like that's the that's the group that should be working on this Zaha's whole architecture is based on creating things that feel like they shouldn't exist 
right? The form giving, the shape, the way that the way that those spaces are created will almost be enhanced by a space like the metaverse where physics doesn't apply, right? I have to check it out. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So to me, there are, there are organizations like that um, and or creative thinkers like that that will be able to take those experiences and create something totally new, right? So instead of replicating that, let's go to Egypt experience. It's like, no, let's go see what Zaha's office did for the metaverse today and let's go experience that thing that I can't describe because there's no way that it can exist in the real world. And do you think there's an opportunity? One thing that excites me is this whole sustainability thing that we're all talking about at the minute. So there's a lot of the brands that have broken into the metaverse space like Disney, like Nike, like Hyundai has done um, all of these kind of experiences. But how can we use it in the future to encourage people? Because we're creating this new digital virtual world. People, I don't care about the one that I'm in as much anymore because there's this new one waiting for me. But how could we use and pivot that virtual, that metaverse to suggest to people, now is the time to take action almost not necessarily shock tactics, but imagine a world where it continues to be this perfect and kind of mm -hmm. hark back to nature in the virtual world. Cause it all seems very simulated. It's gamey. It's take me to another super cool where we're on hoverboards and stuff kind of world. <laughs> I wonder if there's an innovation and an opportunity to, to your point, the bestest time is when I'm walking in the ocean. Is there a way to bring the natural experiences into the virtual world for those that can't get that, you know, lucky to be near the ocean to go and do that, ever grateful to do it, but there are people who can't. So is this an opportunity for us to bring to those that can't that experience? It's a good question. I was actually originally thinking about it from a slightly different angle, which was what are the things that we will no longer need because the metaverse will provide them? Yep. And how did you answer right? that one? And so, you know, what I think about is the amount of waste that we create, right? And if, if there are more experiences happening in the virtual space, then there's less need for all of the material that surrounds each human and less need for the carbon footprint that surrounds each human every single day. Um, so, you know, why does my food get delivered in this type of package or in this bag or in this, you know, wrapping? why would I need that if I don't ever see it? Right. Yep. Um, nice. But I also find your question fascinating. If I turn that coin over on its other side and say, you know, people and humans have a legacy through advertising and marketing of being conditioned to what they see. Right. Yep. And so if, if your best experiences in the metaverse are, indicative of the way we would like the world to look then you might be more apt to help make the world look like that when you're not in the metaverse yes. right yeah and that becomes an ethics question because yes. because who is going to be the one to lead that charge right is a company going to lead that charge for us that's going to suddenly start to make that switch yeah man i don't know Cause, yeah, because that's the thing that I kind of think about in the metaverse. Like, I'm excited by it, but it becomes a new consumer space. And as someone who's a minimalist, I mean, I like the idea that I can own it without actually having physical stuff because I don't want physical stuff because it stresses me out because it's clutter. But it's leading to a next level of consumerism. And we're just slowly starting to fight in the real world against consumerism and reuse and recycle and, and repurpose. But I do lo I love your take on it to go if we actually start to um, inherit people's habits, we're starting to use less um energy in our human lives to your point of the delivery package it kind of changes what what we think we need and what we actually need so i actually love your take on that i've never really thought of it like that 
Uh, you always flatter me. Um, <laughs> I, I just think it's I just think it's fascinating because you know the for example, I I go out and we'll we'll continue on the on this footwear piece because I just saw you know Nike's delivering we're, all of this footwear to the metaverse. All, right, we're all very excited by sneakers at the moment. Globally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. So Nike, you buy a pair, you you buy a pair of Nikes in the metaverse. It doesn't require a package. It's instant gratification. But it also has the opportunity to automatically update. So you know these are these are the what ifs. What if, as a retailer, you had a subscription service in the metaverse so that you always had the most recent release of those Nikes, right? And now I haven't bought five pairs of shoes. Right. Yep. And so, you know, what if I had a subscription service to my favorite fashion brand and they would automatically update me with what's next? So the idea of fast fashion that current generations are pushing so hard against has a space through which to live. And in the real world, we're operating in a different model. And does that become then a platform for recycled fashion as well? Because you're connecting that loop to go, well, I'm done with these. So it's not just about consumption, consumption. There's a, there's kind of like a, and then that builds communities as well, right? So you've got this online community of people who are interested in the same things you are, that follow the same brands. There's a different level of communication, which is what Facebook was set up for years ago to connect people. Yeah. I mean, the idea of connection could be a whole other hour topic. (laughs) Uh, We can schedule that in. (laughs) Uh, you know, I, I think that that there are a lot of unintended consequences to what we have deemed as connection that really isn't, right? Um, you know, there are kids, um, they like I, I don't even I can't even use the word dating because they've never spoken in real, life. but that that but that have full blown relationships virtually. Yep. It's and yet they suffer from terrible anxiety. Yep. Right? Because they don't know how to have, they don't know how to replicate that with other real humans in the real world. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, I, I'm sensitive to, you know, the idea of connection in this virtual space blossoming to a point where it continues to overtake the yep. balance between real human connection. Um, and so in that way, I'm not laying that at the feet of the metaverse. What I am saying is that there's got to be on the, there's got to be something on the other side of it. Yeah. Right. I agree. What else can we talk about? What else can we excite people with? We've gone on on for quite a long time already. And I've thrown several pens at a new kitten that I have, who's decided to kind of tear up the carpet in the corner. So if you keep seeing me throw pens across the screen, it's because the new kitten has finally decided to come out and play. (laughs) Like, Don't scratch the carpet. Don't scratch the carpet. Um, So that's what's happening. With all the pens that you see flying across the screen, no one online can see it, but um, that's what's happening. Um, So, We're obviously super excited about the metaverse. We're excited with some of the brands that you and I are both working with at the moment. And and I think your question at the start of just because you can, should you? Mm -hmm. What's the penultimate answer to that? To anyone who's excited about the metaverse or who has a brand, a challenger brand versus the Nikes. And I mean, look, Disney are probably one of the, you know, it's all of the brands that sparkle the magic in our lives. So I'm kind Mm -hmm. of interested to see what brands and how they might enter it if they're not in that space. 
yeah, I mean, so, so two answers to that question, right? So one is the can versus should. And in my mind, it goes back to the, to the idea of augment versus replace, yes. right? Where and when you are augmenting the human experience, where and when you are, um, you know, building on real human connection, I say all day, it's a should, right? I think when we cross that bridge to replacing the human experience or replacing the thing that binds our culture together, that's when I think it gets a little into the ethical question of maybe we shouldn't be in the space. I can't wait to see this cat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll, show you, I'll show you at the end. <laughs> um, you know, and then in terms of in terms of the brand space, I see a ton of opportunity in these micro moments, right? Where you don't have to live in the metaverse to experience something. And that's where I see the through point, right? So just like e-commerce was gonna kill retail, but it really ended up being just another channel through which to deliver retail. Yeah. Um, so too- it becomes, you know, shareable, it becomes shareable content. So I don't know if you've seen the last few days that Diesel have done this whole like bat signal of their new range launching and they've launched mm -hmm. this like bat signal in different cities that then you can go online and find out where to source it. So I think to your point, like it's a micro moment. It's a different way to, to kind of interact with a brand or feel connected mm -hmm. or, or kind of find out what's going on. It's like a little secret news report. So I think those micro okay. moments are definitely where, where the future, where, the, where we start in the space rather than all out launching. Like I'm not going to exist in the real world anymore, just online. Right. <laughs> well, and I think as a, you know, if, if you start with, with reality, with tangible reality, and then you and I can meet in a virtual space where we can experience something together. Right. So say, Diesel's launching a product and we're both fired up about it. We're half a world away. We can still meet in the metaverse at the diesel store and experience that together at the same time. Be like, oh my gosh, that's the thing I was talking about. That's so cool, blah, blah, blah. But then as a through point, then diesel buys my loyalty with that experience that they gave me and I'm buying their product in real life and or sharing that experience with, sharing that experience with people in real life. Now we've got an ecosystem that's being augmented that's 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 an ecosystem that's growing in a healthy way right versus going into the metaverse at 8 a.m and not coming out until 7 p.m yeah right it's and like like it's like being 11 <laughs> years old again <laughs> right <laughs> which i'm sure to a lot of people is the exciting part right like oh my god i can remember sitting in front of a computer screen and playing video games for you know all hours of the day but but I think to your point, like that's not necessary. That's not the solution to all that drives anxiety, that drives isolation in a different way, because it's a, then it becomes a form of escape, not a form of fusion. So it's not about mm -hmm. a micro moment. It's about putting yourself fully into an experience that, yes, you're connected in a virtual world, but you're less connected in reality. I think to your point, like whether you're a hugger or not a hugger, there's something about human connection that is being lost. And, and, and we've lost a lot of it during the pandemic anyway, but we need to refine that. And then, you know, kind of dry, like you said, these micro moments kind of enhance it. So us being able to come together in the same space would only be made right by the fact that we've already chatted online. We're already friends, whether we've met on, like mm -hmm. we, there's already some sort of connection there that then you drive that through a marketing channel. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, 
you know, the, the time we have left, I'll, I'll pull the pin on one little tiny grenade and roll it onto the table for us to look at. Um, <laughs> Let's do that. Ready for the know, next we, one. <laughs> we talked about, we talked a bit about barrier to entry, right? And the, the, the level of internet and equipment and technology that's required to fully be in the metaverse. Um, and we've talked about this idea of it augmenting a physical a physical reality. What if there were bite-sized pieces that could be taken into the physical world that are, oh, there, there he is. Oh, that cat. It knows it's, is it a he or she? It's a he, it's called Keanu. You know, Keanu? Yeah, like- Keanu knows he's, like Keanu knows he's in trouble. He was hiding from you there. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so what if there were what if there were bite-sized physical experiences that were portals into the metaverse where you go in and instead of having to own the technology, you go in with your friends and you have an experience and then you you are backed out. So you go in for 20 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour. What if it's the what if it's the new movie theater? Right? So what if instead of being at home by myself and putting on my own goggles and going into the space that's like already devoid of experience. What if you and I are meeting for dinner and then we go spend an hour playing a game in the metaverse with all kinds of other people from out from other places in the world and then we come back out of that experience and therefore it's more personalized and it's more human yeah. and there's connection and we can talk about it after like, oh my God, that was so cool when this happened, right? Like, I love that. I love that concept. What if this is the new level of movie theater and it's right. bite-sized? I love it. What a great concept and a great grenade to leave on. <laughs> You know, so I think the, the point there is that there are ways to navigate the metaverse that are really enriching and really cool, right? And so, and we can lower that barrier to entry by delivering it in such a way that maybe it is more bite-sized, right? Maybe it's 20 bucks and you have an hour in that space and you're doing it with other people. Um, I think there are ways to, to think about the metaverse as it matures that, that are going to be really cool. Um, there's also, you know, ready player one status, which I don't think anybody wants to really move into quite yet. Most people <laughs> listening probably have no idea what that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. There aren't, there aren't a million Spielberg fans out there watching everything <laughs> that he does. Maybe not going that far back. <laughs> <laughs> but no, oh I God. think it's a really exciting space and I've really enjoyed our chat today. Is there anything you want to say before we finish up? Uh, not really. I mean, again, always awesome to connect with you. It's you awesome too. to have the chat. Um, we're going to do our I next think, one on connections. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do our next one on connections. Tell people how uh, to get in touch. How to get in touch. Well, um, I mean, you can, you can find either of us through our SGK channels. Um, but I'm on Instagram at avera1975. Um, and then, you know, if you want to see the work that we're doing over in North America, um, the Instagram handle IDL worldwide still works as a part of the SGK family. So I encourage you guys to check that out. And we're doing a lot more work together now. So there's going to be Sydney versus Portland fusions coming up in the future. So thanks heaps right. for, uh, for being on today. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah. Likewise. We'll talk soon. Bye.